Hello, everybody. Welcome. Welcome back. Uh, this side quest is going to be a little familiar and a little new. Previously, we did do our top five JRPGs, but to give you some context, we did that very early on in the Home on the RNG process. And I did I picked that for a reason, because I was interested to see how my stuff would change okay. with exposure to a lot of JRPGs. Up till that time, most of my exposure was Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest. Like, that was 90% of the JRPGs I had played, which is why I wanted to start this project. Uh, it's also why, instead of doing a new top 5, it's now a top 11. And might I just begin by saying, you don't know how difficult it is <laughs> to pick 11 arbitrarily games that you think are the best. Well, and I made it 11 because... Unless something drastic has happened in your life, like a concussion or a coma, okay, uh, we both have the same top one. True. So it's almost not worth discussion. You will probably there will be some repeats from our top five. I'm sure. I know yeah, there are for me. Sure. Yeah. Uh, which means you're going to hear some of the same conversation we had again. And I apologize for that. That's just the, the nature of the beast. Now, I did not set down any rules or guidelines for top eleven. I'm saying this while Russ is getting his list together. Uh, Russ has put a lot of homework into this, which, you know, I'm excited to see what he's come up with. There will be some surprises, I think. I, I kind of felt like I had rules for myself, but I did not tell them to Russ. So Russ's list is constructed however Russ's list needs to be. And we will talk about the, the stuff I imposed on myself, because picking 11 is hard. This is a very free-form process. But picking 11 is picking hard, 11 like you is said. hard. Yeah. And I made it easier on myself with a couple of guidelines, essentially. Yeah. And we'll address those as the sure. list goes on. Uh, so, Russ, should you go first or should I go first with our number 11 pick? Um, you go ahead and go first. Okay. So, for number 11, I wasn't really looking for my 11th favorite game. Okay. What I wanted was, this is the bottom of my list. So, what I want is a game that is all-around good... But doesn't uh, didn't excel in any particular way. A game that just barely eked out a win. No, more like <laughs> comfort food. Okay. Right? Your last meal is not going to be chips and queso. But that's my comfort food. Like at, a, at the end of a bad day, give me some chips and queso. Yeah. But for fine dining, for a top five choice, sure. okay. steak and baked potato, right? Like. Yeah. So... I wasn't looking for my 11th favorite. What I was looking for was a, a feel-good experience. Something I have no real complaints about. Mm -hmm. And I actually had two options. The first option was going to be Lunar 1. Okay. But Lunar 2 kind of killed that for me. <laughs> so instead, my number 11 pick, and you'll excuse me for a minute, I have these on the computer screen in front of us, but I have whited them out so Russ can't see what my picks are. Until I say the name. So I don't copy your homework. And vice versa. Well, because I think it's kind of a fun reveal. Is, I don't know what's on your list, and right. you don't know what's on mine, even though it's in front of you. So my number 11 choice is Grandia. Oh. Can I give you a little clap for that? Sure. Um, Grandia was, like I said, all around a good experience, comfort food. It did everything well. I don't know that it did any particular thing great. Mm-hmm. But things stick with me, like the well-written romance. We did we did a whole discussion on that. Yes. 
good job on that. They made grinding interesting and actually enjoyable with their method of use learning new skills, yeah. through leveling up magic and sure. different weapon types. The story is good. What really tickles my fancy, what what gives it a leg up, is little character things like your mom is a famous pirate queen. <laughs> That is not an essential part of the plot. That is just a fact that is dropped in your world, and then you move on. I am a sucker for that kind of... I love absurdist stuff and yeah, surreal stuff. Right. And the idea of just, oh, by the way, that's my mom, famous pirate queen. Anyway, what were we doing? <laughs> it, I find very enjoyable. So uh, we haven't played Grandia 2 yet, but Grandia 1 is my number 11 choice. Okay, good, cho- good choice. Strong start. Thank you. What was your number 11? So my number 11, um, so here's, this is free form, as you said. I am just doing this how I feel like I need to do this. You, yeah, there were no rules for how to put your list together. So I don't have, okay, so I don't have literally numbered games. What I have is a bottom six. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So there's six games that I'm going to talk about in alphabetical order. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm with you. So there's a bottom six, then there's the mid four, which is four more games that I'm going to talk about in alphabetical order, and then there's number one because we know. Okay. What number so one basically, is be. okay, I get it. So you made a t- you made a top five and a runner up five. And a runner up, yes. I and made like our number one. Made like a top, yes. Made like number one and then runners up. Mine's and then mine's a little bit like that. My my order does matter a bit, but we'll get to that anyway. And this is going to be a little bit out of alphabetical order just because. Um, this game that I'm about to talk about is the most obvious um, on anyone's, I think, any JRPG fans list. It's a very, very obvious choice, so it can be a little boring to talk about. Um, it is a Super NES uh, favorite, Chrono Trigger. You know, I thought you were building up to Chrono yeah. Trigger. So, for, so as number 11, what we're going to talk about as number 11 is Chrono Trigger, because it is a fantastic game. It tells a very tightly written and coherent time travel story. Um, characters are very memorable. Battle system is fun. It was also ground. It gave us new game plus. It gave essentially, us, gave us new game plus. Battle system is groundbreaking. Music is exceptional. Yeah, it's one of the best sounding Super NES RPGs or just even RPGs. Period. The whole twist with Chrono dying. That was such a big deal. Optional recruitable Mangus. Magus, right. Magus, Mangus. Wow. Magus. Yeah. Magus. I, I just had a stroke. Magus. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, just, just an exceptional game. I mean, people talk about Chrono Trigger all the time. I don't think there's a super lot that I need to go into about it or explain why it's on a top 11 list for me um, because it's just a phenomenal game. I do, every time I give shout-out to Chrono Trigger, I always have to give a shout-out to Luca, who is best girl. Luca is a great Uh, character. Luca is fantastic. I did not realize when I was first playing the game. Okay, so from our Chrono Trigger review, I had a pretty emotional experience talking about that whole scene with Luca, where she gets to save her mom. It's my favorite scene in the whole game. It's an iconic scene. You can get those, like diorama of the camping scene oh it's so those those look so cool it's like the iconic scene from that game and it involves luca saving her mother from becoming a paraplegic yeah um so really love luca 
Um, I kind of forget where I was going with this now. But anyway. You were talking about the moment that resonates with you. Yeah, that's the moment that resonates me with the most. Oh, and when I was a kid, I didn't realize that, because I always had Marley in my party, just because she's like the healer. Sure. So she was always in my party. So I never realized as a kid that when you save Chrono on the top of Death Mountain or Death Peak or whatever, um, if Luca is the main person in your party, then Luca can have the emotional moment and the hug. I didn't know that With either. Chrono. And I didn't know that until as an adult. Like, they did wow. the DS remake or whatever. And I realized that. So now I always make sure to have her in my party as, like, the main person so she can have that emotional moment with Chrono because I see Chrono being with Luca. Because Luca's really best That's girl. fair. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's such a great game in every way. I love how you can tackle the final dungeon, that Black Omen. You can do it, like, multiple times. For different endings, If yes. you just start in the future and then work your way back. It just, yeah, and then and then the new game plus and all the multiple endings. Um, I could just gush about this game because it's really spectacular, but it's on so many people's, like, top ten or top RPG lists or whatever. I just wanted to get it out of the way <laughs> talking about it because it's the least, like, shocking or interesting is anything in my list. So it's interesting that you focused on a particular scene that stuck with you because... A particular scene that stuck with me was the reason my next game got its slot. Okay. Uh, and I honestly, I swear, I did not pick this next game to irritate Russ. <laughs> That's just a bonus. Mm-hmm. Because my next choice is Shining Force 2. <laughs> that does irritate me, yes. Uh, I like strategic JRPGs. I like hidden recruitable characters. Um, which this has in droves. You could play through this game probably five or six times and still not successfully recruit everybody unless you had a guide. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the the story is fine. The character, the reason it's ten and not higher up is because, as often happens with a strategic RPG, the characters aren't really fleshed out. Uh, right. They each have a sentence or two. They pro- they don't even all have personalities. Yeah, but. What what elevated this to warrant a place on the list, even though it's only at, it's almost at the bottom, was the final fight. Because it's memorable and it's I'm gonna remember it forever. Okay. The the main bad guy is behind a barrier, uh, a locked door, something like that, and there is a security grid that shoots lasers right in front of the door at regular intervals. Mm-hmm. Now, when I play strategic jrpgs my my goal is to have no permadeath i will restart an entire battle i will save state every turn to try and make sure none of my party die does shining force have permadeath uh yes shining force 2 does i don't remember if shining force 1 does i actually don't know because again i don't like these games but i didn't know that i thought fire emblem was the permadeath no, uh, Shining Force 2 has okay. it, and I don't remember Shining Force 1. Gotcha. So I'm at the end battle. I have all of my party. Nobody has died. But I cannot, and I'm not looking at guides because I haven't looked at guides. I played Shining Force 2 just for fun. I did do a side quest review of it yeah. by myself because <laughs> you aren't going to play it, and I enjoyed it so much. Yeah. But I was playing it for fun, not for analysis. So I wasn't looking up guides and strategies. I was just playing it. Ultimately, the method I found was... Send somebody... If the main character dies, it's over, so... Yeah, right. Send somebody up to beat on that barrier, and then they get killed by the security system, and then the next one goes and does more damage to the barrier, and they die. Okay. And just in my head, I could see the scene of these guys who had been together through this whole adventure, (laughs) just turning to the hero and going, all right, it's it's my turn to step up. 
You make sure you do your part. Oh my god. Charging that into is... their death. Yeah. So that ultimately they were able to beat down the barrier. The hero went in and finished That's the game. Horrifying. It it was such. It, there was emotional. My moment resonance. is so touching and warm, and yours is just the most horrifying it situation. Was, I can. Think it was of. very cinematic. Like I could. Yeah. I it, in my head I could see it beyond the sprites, uh, and that's the main reason it's on here is because that final fight. I don't remember iconic strategic JRPG battles generally yeah. because they're all kind of the same. Yeah. But that that final fight really lives with me. Also, there was a secret in Shining Force 2. Okay. After the credits, when the the end screen comes up, if you don't touch anything for five minutes, a secret battle starts. Okay. That was way too hard for me. I stood no chance. Uh, basically, I needed to go around through a new game plus to stand a chance. At. Okay. But I thought that was really cool that there was a hidden special battle. That's crazy. Yeah. So, um, Shining Force 2, because I love strategic JRPGs, I love uh, hidden characters, recruitable characters, mm -hmm. and then that final battle really just, it's going to stick with me. Yeah. So, uh, there's my I number 10 pick. I can see it sticking with you. That sounds very traumatic. Do you need, like, a seltzer it and a wasn't, warm blanket? It wasn't traumatic. It okay. was cinematic. Okay. It is just a game, Russ. Well... So, what is your number 10? So, my number 10... So, this is where um, I'll probably start surprising you, and my list might go off the rails a little bit, but these are legitimately my favorite games. I, I thought long and hard about this. So, you know that I love a good job system. Sure. Love a good job system. Who doesn't? And as I've spoken about before, as I... That's why you love Final Fantasy Tactics. As I... <laughs> you will be surprised. No, I'm just kidding. Um... So as I creep uh, further and further toward the icy hand of death, <laughs> I have started to enjoy systems of RPGs just as much as stories. I wouldn't say necessarily more than the stories of RPGs, but I love systems. So a game can have a pretty generic story, and if it has a really great system that I'm into, I'm really going to love it. So with that said, for my number 10 game, I have chosen... Bravely Second. Interesting. I haven't yeah. played it yet. You haven't played Bravely Second? Okay. No. Um, now, are we talking Bravely Default 2, or we're talking Bravely Second? I haven't played either of those. Okay. I played Bravely gotcha. Default. I because didn't even I know, beat it. I know, the, um, I know the nomenclature can be confusing. Yeah, it is a with bit. With the Bravely series. So, for those who don't know, Bravely Default is the first game for the 3DS. Bravely Second is the sequel to Bravely Default. That follows essentially the same characters in the same story. Bravely Default 2... Just came out recently. Just came out recently for the Switch and is a totally new experience. Doesn't have anything. So I chose Bravely Second. Um, the reason I chose it over the original Bravely Default is just for some quality of life improvements. One of them being the story. I know maybe the reason you fell off of Bravely Default, because I know a lot of people did is because it starts to involve a time loop that you literally have to go through at least four times Yeah, my, to I, get to an ending. When I started my third go-around, I was just like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. I tapped out. Right. Yeah, so Bravely Second doesn't have that. Bravely Second has a much more normal story. And it also just has quality of life changes. It has a battle chain system that lets you rack up experience in JP easier. 
Um, it has, uh, you can equip, you have all five of your ability slots right from the beginning. There's just quality of life things that they changed about it. But it still has the fantastic job system um, that they had from the first one, where you there, there are about 30 different jobs in Bravely Second, and you can mix and match those. And I just find that so delightful. If you and I were to design a JRPG, there would be a mixable job system. Yeah, a mix and match job system. And the jobs themselves are very inventive. There's so there's a catmancer. The blue <laughs> The Blue Mage job. So in Bravely Default One, the blue mage job basically where you learn enemy abilities is a vampire for whatever reason. And then in Bravely Second, it's what they call Catmancer, and you just put on a little kitty costume with a little kitty hood, and you have little cats that you summon that do the monster abilities. Okay, that's interesting. It is adorable, and the the way that you get jobs in the Bravely series is you fight asterisk holders, who are just other characters that have those jobs. Once you defeat them, you, you get the job, and the asterisk holder for Catmancer is a little girl named Minette who says things like, um, I'm going to kill you, meow. Oh, God. And says, like, meowster. And, um, yeah, she adds meow to everything. It's right up my alley. It's very <laughs> it adorable. It certainly sounds like it. Um, and I do like the kid. So it is a very simple story. It's actually not as simple of a story as they have in Bravely Default 1 or Bravely Default 2 as, I, as much as I've played of it so far. Um, but it's not like a... It's not like anything outstanding in terms of the story, but I do like the characters. The characters are just cute and fun, and I like the little chibi art style that they use. And I just love that job system. I just love running through that game. Um, I've done, I've replayed it and done a little challenge run thing of it where I only use mages, um, which was really fun. Um, and I just, I just love a good job system. And I think the Bravely series carried on the legacy of Final Fantasy V which is kind of like the, the gold standard of job for systems. job systems. Um, and so, yeah, I picked Bravely Second because its system is just... And I and I thought about all of the like Square Enix RPGs that have job systems, like Octopath Traveler, um, but I just found myself coming back to this one in terms of like one that I can just keep experiencing over and over. Fair enough. Yeah. So for my number nine... Uh, this is a more modern game. It's come out. It came out in the last couple of years. We will one day do a home on the RNG review of it, but we haven't. And that game is Fire Emblem Three Houses. Hmm. Um, Interesting. So, I want to be very clear here about this list. Is this, it Flane? Is it just Flane? No. I want to be very clear about this list. Is this is not Russ and I saying these are objectively the best eleven mm, games? Absolutely. This is very much personalized. Uh, personal experience play, can play as large a part in this as we want. Um, when I played Three Houses, Russ was also playing Three Houses around the same time. My friend Rachel was playing it around mm-hmm. the same time. There are three houses in the game. <laughs> you pick which one you want to go with, and all three of us picked a different house, and we were communicating with each other mm-hmm. the story that we experienced. And that was... That was a really cool experience for me, getting to see the same world through the eyes of my friends as I was going through it. So that plays into why this game is on this list a bit. But it's also a very good strategic JRPG. It's well done. Uh, Despite the amount of characters, they are able to actually have character. Yeah. Which is not easy to pull off. 
it's it's better i think in three houses because it is divided into the three houses so you can kind of focus on your group and they're not trying to make you learn about 60 characters yeah. in one playthrough it also has a lot of replayability because mm. the different houses experience very different stories mm -hmm. very, very different, different. So, I'm not going to go on at length about this. It but has glow-ups, too. I'll say that. What I is glow-ups? When they grow up oh. and they become all much more attractive versions of themselves <laughs> as teenagers. There's some pretty hot characters once they get into their <laughs> early 20s. Um, it's, it's, if you've played Fire Emblem, you know what the system is. It's a good system that's been refined through many years. And again, it has recruitable characters. You can recruit from outside your house if you mm -hmm. know what you're you doing. Can. Uh, or if you're just a girl and Sylvain's real horny. <laughs> Sylvain will just join you no matter where <laughs> you are if you're like, a girl. Hey, you're a girl. I, I want you to be my teacher. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't have a lot more to say about it other than it's... It, I think it's the best Fire Emblem so far. It's a good choice. Awakening is my second choice of Fire Emblem games. But Three mm -hmm. Houses, I think, is the best so far. And part of that, again, is the experience I had playing it parallel to my friends. Yeah, so that's a good. that's good. I like that. What is your number nine? So my number nine, and I swear to God we didn't plan this, so my number nine is Fire Emblem Awakening. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah, it's just, I know it's It kind revitalized of a, the franchise. It revitalized the franchise. I know it's kind of a typical answer, I guess, or whatever, of a favorite Fire Emblem. But I love Awakening for the fact that it is a animal breeder. <laughs> It's like an animal breeding sim, sure. in a way, because you can have children. So Fire Emblem Awakening, your characters that you accumulate in the first half of the game, then go on to get married. And, and their children come their back children from the future. from the future come back to fight with you, and you can pair up different boy-girl pairs of characters. So it has a dating sim. It has a breeding sim. And it really is a breeding sim, um, because your children's stats are heavily dependent on like who you chose to be their parents um so again talking about how much i like systems i, I also really enjoyed like, like putting together mismatched personalities yeah, and yeah. seeing how it would work and that's what's fun about it you can do it from either way you can do it from like a min maxing my stats thing or you can do it from just like these two characters had really meaningful conversations or these two characters had really crazy conversations and don't seem like they belong together at all and you can just pair them up and it's also the fire emblem where you can suddenly change your job classes of of any character i mean every character in the game has like a like a small pool of different classes that they can be so it's just it's very 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 customizable i also really enjoy there's there are dlc maps because it was on the 3ds mm -hmm. so dlc was a thing there's a there's a map called Apotheosis that is like the ultimate I feel like the ultimate map in any Fire Emblem game ever that is just like super challenging and your it's basically your reward for like totally maxing out all of your characters. <laughs> because you can keep reclassing all of your children that you have bred and you can max out all of their stats and then you can take on this big map that's just like super challenging. So it's a game that I still to this day like sometimes go back and just play i'll play that map occasionally just for fun to watch like all of my all of my what do they call like the dogs <laughs> they're like the best bred dog oh the best in show <laughs> right yeah like all of my best in show kids taking all the on these super challenging enemies 
So I am just now noticing this episode is going to be a little long. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. I, I, I've been contemplating, should we break this into two halves? But no, I think we're. this is just going to be a long episode. Yeah. And that's fine. But yeah, so Fire Emblem Awakening. There's a reason it revitalized that whole franchise. So for my number eight, I did not mean to group together the strategic JRPGs. Okay. But it did happen. I've got a cluster of them here. They're, they're on my top 11, but they're nearer the bottom. Because, again, with with these style of games, the characters and the story aren't always as strong as the mechanics. Mm-hmm. Mechanics can make it fun to play, but mechanics don't generally stick with me as much as the story and characters. And But this one's a little different, because it's Valkyrie Chronicles. Oh, okay. Um... Valkyrie Chronicles is unique among strategic RPGs, I feel, because its mechanic is very different than any ones that I've seen before. Uh, because when you're move, when you're in motion, the enemy gets to take free shots at you, and when the enemy is in motion, your characters automatically take free shots at them. For those who aren't familiar, it's basically a fantasy version of World War One. Yeah, I also yeah. like that it's World War One and not World War Two right. in feel, because World War Two is a little played out, I think. Um, in terms of adaptations. It is beautiful. It is a beautiful game. It is gorgeous. It has a unique art style that's meant to look like paintbrushes. Everything is painted on. I want to get an art book for Valkyrie Chronicles, but they never sell for less than $100. So that's never going to happen. I'm just not willing to spend that much in an art book. Uh, The characters do have personality, Mm -hmm. uh, which is great. The balance of classes... There aren't, you know, 500 different jobs like in a Fire Emblem. There's four classes, essentially. Okay. But it is fun to work out the strategies for the various classes. You end up having favorite squad members. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, Edie, you're definitely going to be in charge of this group over here. Good old Edie. I, I enjoy Edie. I, I like Rosie better than Edie. Oh. But it's also interesting that the Skies of Arcadius characters are secretly in this game. <laughs> yeah. That's That's fun. <laughs> It was just, anytime I think about Valkyrie Chronicles, the immediate thought I have after is, I should play that again. Which, I don't I don't replay a lot of games because there's so many I still haven't played. Yeah. So I don't go back and replay often. But every time, and I still haven't gone back and played through this whole game again, but every time I think about this game, I'm like, I need to replay that. Mm. So, uh, Valkyrie Chronicles is my number eight. Good. Never, never played it myself, but I've seen it and it's beautiful. We will one day for Home on yeah, the RNG, right. and you, you will not regret it. Okay. All right. So we are going back to number eight on my list, um, which also you will probably find kind of surprising. And again, this is a. I'll just reiterate: it, this is a list that is not necessarily like I think these are the end all and be all of video games, but these are just games that I really, really enjoyed for some really specific reasons. So number eight, and again, I'm kind of just going alphabetically in this bottom six or whatever you want to call it, is the Final Fantasy VII Remake. That is surprising. Are you surprised? Yeah, a little bit, I yeah. was even surprised, too. I um, mean, I liked it, but it was never going to approach any top ten list of it mine. It was... So the reason it's on this top 11 list for me is because the original Final Fantasy VII isn't even in, like, my top Final Fantasies. I mean, no. it's not bad, but it's just... It's certainly overhyped. It's, it's a overhyped, decent enough game. But it's not among my favorites. But the reason 
I picked the remake is because the remake represents, aside from probably the last hour of the game, <laughs> the remake represents just a really good effing remake of a game. It took... It had the gumption to only be about Midgar. Like, that was a big controversial thing when it was first coming out, that it was only going to cover Midgar. And, like, how are they going to flesh out just Midgar? And they did. To a full game. And they did, and they did it successfully. Ignoring, we're not going to get into a discussion about the whole last hour yeah. in the shadows thing. Because right. I feel like when we when we review Final Fantasy VII proper, that'll be when we'll yeah, have that discussion. Yeah. But it, it did just Midgar, and it did it well. It took characters. I know you and I have had. Oh yeah, we a talked about this just yesterday. About it took like Aerith, who didn't really have a lot of personality in the original game. Whatever personality she did have, we sort of painted onto her as this, you know, the little good girl the, up on a pedestal that Cloud is in love with. Blah blah blah. And then it took that and it warped it really and made Aerith. I know you were talking about. You kind of didn't like her didn't yeah. know what to think of her at I, first I, I i did not like what they did to Aerith at first because they gave her a personality and it wasn't the one i gave her yeah and that's it took me a while to realize that's why she was rubbing me wrong because she's a little brash and i felt exactly the same i felt the same way except the opposite like it was not <laughs> the person it was not the personality that i had made up for her either but i liked that it was different from the very beginning that like Aerith swears sometimes, and she has kind of some snark and kind of some attitude. Yeah, she's not just the pure good she's girl. She's not the pure good girl, and I loved that. I did. I'm, I am going to talk about my turning point on Aerith because mm -hmm. I like talking yeah. about that. So yeah, I did not like Aerith because they changed. Her. That's not my girl. I mean, first of all, Tifa's my girl, but that was not my Aerith. Yeah. And then finally, I came around on her. There's a moment. You're going through a, a series of puzzles that you have to move uh, cargo containers around in. And every time you successfully navigate one of those puzzles, Cloud climbs up the ladder and Aerith tries to give him a high five, but Cloud's too cool. Just, <laughs> no. And so if what happens is the next, like the next to last puzzle, she doesn't offer the high five, but he goes to do the high five. <laughs> and she goes... Wait, were you just about to? No, I wasn't going to do anything. And she's, and then instantly she's, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Next time, I swear. Because she feels like she let you down. Yeah. Because you were ready to, like, and just that moment of her recognizing that, you know, oh, he wanted this. Yeah. And now I didn't. And her immediate reaction wasn't to mock him, but was to feel bad and to promise. To, and she is there. The next time there is yeah, a high five. Yeah. And it, for some reason, that just resonated with me as very yeah. sweet. And it told me that the sweet Aerith that I created, she is absolutely in She's there. She's in there. She She's just got these extra layers. Her. That's when I became okay, okay with the changes. Yeah. Was because my girl was still in there. They 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 just made her more real. Right. She's a re She's like a real woman and not just someone to be put on a pedestal. They also handled all the stuff in Wall Market with the cross dressing very well. And I never in a million years <laughs> thought that they would pull that off in 2019, um, but they did. And that whole wall market uh, cross-dress thing was absolutely fantastic. Excluding the whole shadows thing, which we could have a whole discussion yeah. on and we're not going to. And excluding the action. I mean, the combat system was 
fine. It was good. I prefer turn-based combat. That's just me. See, I'm just the opposite of you. On I mean, I like turn-based combat, certainly, because I like JRPGs, but... I thought they did. After the disaster of the combat in Final Fantasy XV, I was so worried about that. And then I just fell in love with the combat in Seven Remake right from the beginning and didn't miss the turn-based thing at all. I just the, re- the reason it's on my list is because I feel like I'm just so proud of Square. I'm so proud of Square Enix. Except for that last hour. For, well, that they, is, they just couldn't yeah, help themselves. They couldn't help themselves. But I'm just really proud of them for, like, this was something that really, really, really could have bombed. And they really put the time and effort and, like, love into it and made an exceptionally great remake of a game that I didn't even put on a pedestal like so many people do. So so my, num- my number seven is not Final Fantasy VII. So here's another one of the the rules I put on myself, guidelines I put on myself to make picking a top 11 a little easier. Mm-hmm. And that was only one game from per series. Okay. Otherwise it felt like it could be cheating to just populate the list with, you know, well here's three fi- uh, Final Fantasies that I like. I'll just right. put them on there. <laughs> and this one I, I went back and forth on this one a little bit because I had to question nostalgia power. Mhm. Especially once I realized that a couple of the top fives are strongly powered by nostalgia. Um, which is fine, because this is my list. It's okay that nostalgia plays a part. I'm not saying, you know, if it wasn't for nostalgia, this game would, would suck, so this game sucks. Yeah. I'm allowed to judge these how I want. So my number seven is Dragon Quest Eleven. Okay. And it's with this caveat. I did not start playing the Dragon Quest games in earnest. I played one when I was a kid, and that was it. I was an adult when I got in and started playing through the Dragon Quest series for real. I don't have the nostalgia attached to Mm -hmm. the series. I don't have the if, but I realized if I did, this would be Dragon Quest V. Okay. If I had grown up playing them, I 100% would have picked V, even though Eleven is, by all technical aspects, the superior game. Right. And I've made this comparison. I've said this 100 times, and I'll say it 100 more times. Final Fantasy feels a need to reinvent itself with each game and i really feel like that blew up in their face at a certain point and they have yet to recover in my eyes Mm -hmm. dragon quest refines itself with each game it improves on what it what was good and it discards what didn't work i was gonna say the same thing i was gonna say my favorite dragon quest would probably also be 11 as well and i do have the nostalgia but it has built upon itself rather than reinventing the wheel every time. If I had grown up with 5, choosing between 5 and 11 would be very difficult. It would be hard to grow up with 5 since really 5 never came out in the U.S. until the DS. Sure, but my point I remains... I know what your point is. I could yeah. see... I could, 5 is kind of like... I Until you hit 7, 5 is... This is Dragon Quest. Yeah. Yeah. Like, everything before and after it were really... Th- th- this was peak Dragon Quest. Mm-hmm. But Eleven is the superior game. It, it's it got the great characters. It's got the great art. It's got the great music. It's got the great story. Uh, it surprised me by having more story in the third part than ever before. Mm-hmm. I was unexp- unprepared for that. Dragon Quest, I knew, deserved a place on my list. The Dragon Quest series needed to be represented. Yeah. And Dragon Quest Eleven is their representative. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Yeah. I mean, I, I uh, yeah, I said what I said. 
it's it's uh, technically it really is the best. And I, I talked so much about nostalgia power because in uh, a little bit later I'm going to have to make the exact opposite argument of what I just made. <laughs> okay. So, number six. All right. So here we go. So my next one. I knew that I wanted to include a representative from the Mana or Mana series. Uh, so you same same thinking as me. Yes, I yeah I I broke my own rule at one point, which we'll see. But um, but I wanted a representative, and I wanted mm. one that it was it was hard coming up with a representative because I because I thought there's great things about Final Fantasy Adventure. There's great things about I really like. Trials of Mana slash Trials was fun. Secret is classic, and Secret is classic. I mean, that's the one that I that really hooked me on it when I was a child. I also wanted a representative, just to have kind of a representative of an. I mean, I know Final Fantasy VII remake is really an action RPG as well, but of like the action RPG category. So the one I settled on (laughs) is probably uh, weird, but it really is my favorite when I really started thinking about it, because it's a game that grew on me over time, and that is the PlayStation's Legend of Mana. That is my friend Rachel, one of her favorite games. I borrowed from it from yeah. her and played it fairly recently. The thing that stuck in my mind the most mm-hmm. is there's a side quest where you help a centaur find love. <laughs> yes, that is true. And they have a remaster coming out of They have soon. a remaster coming out, anyway. so it's kind of on my mind... Um, it really is my favorite because it grew on me. So a little backstory is I bought Chrono Cross, Legend of Mana, and Threads of Fate at... I have never heard of Threads of Fate. Well, it's a, it's a square RPG from the 90s on the PlayStation. Well, we're going to have to add it to right. our list. <laughs> so I bought all three of those for $10 each at, I think, the Virgin Record store in, like, the year 2000 at the mall. They were all on sale for $10, which was also crazy because in 2000, at least Chrono Cross was, like, a brand new RPG. And I just picked them up on a whim because I just had some birthday money or something, and I was like, I'm just gonna, on a whim, pick these games up. I loved Chrono Cross immediately. Threads of Fate is not the greatest game. But I really didn't like Legend of Mana. I was really turned off by it because I had only at that point played like Final Fantasy Adventure and Secret of Mana, which have those specific stories. And Legend of Mana is much more of a systems game um, where you're finding artifacts, you're building your own world yourself. The entire game is just like a the stories only together. seem to exist in the quest. <clears throat> they do. The stories only exist in the quest. They're a bunch of kind of loosely strung together side quests is the entire story of the game yeah and then suddenly in boss it also has a ton of like systems like growing fruit and raising monsters and forging your weapon and building robots and all of this stuff that they don't even really explain very well in the game so i initially hated it i played threads of fate i played chrono cross and i just kind of forgot i had legend of mana until years later I dug it out of my closet, I played it, I used some guides online to give me some direction on what to do, and then I ended up loving it. Because it is so non-linear, it is so just do whatever you want, and then whenever you feel like tackling the final boss, you just go ahead and go do it. And <laughs> just do whatever you want to your heart's content. Um, and I really love that. I also really love the music of it, I really love the art style, it seems kind of like you're playing a storybook. 
Yes, um, the art style is great. Very, I can't wait to see it in HD. Yeah, very, very beautiful game. So thinking about the Mana series, it ultimately ended up being my favorite of all the Mana games. Fair enough. Yeah. So for my number six, <clears throat> one of the reasons I wanted to do this top 11 was I wanted to see how much of an impact this project, which is what I, in my own head, refer to Home on the RNG, uh, is this project Russ and I work on. I wanted to see how much it impacted my choices of JRPGs. I wanted to see... We've been doing this for about two years now, maybe closer mm-hmm. to three, and I wanted to see how have my tastes changed from that top five to this top 11. What games are on here that I hadn't even heard of or touched? Mm-hmm. I had heard of this game. Okay. I heard of this game a lot. I had never touched it until we reviewed it. And honestly, I will be slightly surprised if it's not on your list. Okay. Skies of Arcadia. Okay. Skies of Arcadia is one of those games you always hear about. It's so good. It's so good. It deserves a remake. It needs to be remade. And guess what? They're right. Yeah. It is legitimately as good as you've heard. It deserves a remake so badly. Uh, We played the Game Boy version, or the GameCube version, which was a remake, mostly. It was an enhanced port, really. I I love all the little side details they put in. Airship battles were so fun. Uh, I I love a good airship, and we're going to have a brief discussion about that in our Trails in the Sky review at some point. I have written that I want to talk about airships. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's got the side quests of hunting down famous pirates who scale to your level. It's got finding these little hidden creatures throughout the world. Despite the age of the art style, the animated faces are just a lovely touch. This game is so good, and it so deserves a modern remake with a little bit of fleshing out. The setting is original. Uh, I said in our review, I have decided that it's essentially on a gas giant. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is why you can't go down to the surface and things are floating because right. that's the level they're at and why there are so many moons. I can't think of another game that was set on a gas giant. I don't think the game itself implicitly agrees with me, Yeah, but it makes sense to me. And it's so airship-focused, which most games are not. Yeah, Most games, the airship is the tool that gets you from one place to another. In this game, the airship is the point. Right. Um... Skies of Arcadia was a great experience. It also nicely sidesteps a love triangle, despite the fact that you have a dude and two ladies as your main characters, and they don't hate each other because they have to bicker over who loves the hero more. Yep, it's it avoids that. It See also, also Final Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> I find that very refreshing. <laughs> yeah, I like that the girls didn't weren't bickering. Tifa they, they and Aerith became friends. But this isn't about your Final Fantasy VII and remake. And so do... Ica and Ica Fiona. Ica and Fi... Yes, thank you. Is it Fiona or Fi? I can't Fina, remember. Fina, I think. Fina. Fina. I'm not great with character names. Do not take the <laughs> fact that I am having a hard time remembering their names as any evidence that I don't love the game. The game is great. The game is great. Yeah. Excellent choice. So, what is... We're on number... Your number six or your number five? Six. Okay. So, my number six, I think I broke the rule, the one rule about this. <laughs> well, I didn't get, I didn't put any rules. Okay, well then that's fine. This is an RPG. It's not a JRPG. Interesting, but I didn't put any rules. But I wanted to discuss it because it's not a JRPG and because I typically only, only play JRPGs. I'm not a big Western RPG person. 
Um, but I wanted to include this one because it is so unlike most of the games that I play and enjoy, but I do play and enjoy this greatly, and I am very excited for the uh, enhanced remake that is coming out for it here pretty soon. Have you guessed what it is yet? Is it The Witcher 3? It's not The Witcher. I've never played a Witcher game. Um, That's a conversation we can have another time. So it is Mass Effect 2. What an interesting choice. (laughs) Isn't that an interesting choice? (laughs) You might have broken the rule I didn't make, but by all means, go ahead. It's an RPG. It's a third-person shooting RPG. Yeah, I did not see this coming at all. (laughs) That's why I told you you were going to be surprised. I feel like it has a lot in common with JRPGs, because Mass Effect 2 in particular is specifically about recruiting a band of misfits to be your dream team to take down a giant Reaper alien spaceship thing. And that's what a lot of RPGs are about. JRPGs is recruiting a band of misfits to be the perfect squad to take down an evil demon. I do like the Mass Effect series, although Mm -hmm. the original ending of 3 soured me a little. Yes, this is why I specifically picked Mass Effect 2 as opposed to 3 or even 1, is because I like the character focus on all of your squad mates in Mass Effect 2. I like meeting all of those characters. You do like an introductory mission for each of those characters where you get backstory and history and personality of them and then you do another loyalty mission where you get even more of that and I just like the way it played out. I liked that the focus was actually not on the big like crazy aliens that are going to destroy the galaxy. It was more about the characters, the people that you meet along the way. Um, and I really, I really, 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 really like that cast. There's not really a character in that cast. I am planning on playing the remaster that when I, it's yeah. released. I'm definitely going to play those remasters. And again, it's not the kind of game. It's a shoot. It's a shooty I, game. I never would have imagined you'd pick this. Yeah, it's not the kind of game that I normally like at all, and that's why I actually included it in a top 11 list. Is because it's just so unlike anything I would like, and I think that's testament to how good it is. Also, Jacob is really hot. <laughs> so, so we're yeah, on my top great. five now. Okay. And when it comes to my number five, my feeling was a lot like when I started this list. I felt like eleven needed to be a good mm-hmm. all rounder. Like that's what an eleven. That's what a bottom of a list should be. It should be good but not great. Yeah. And I feel kind of similarly for my number five, except so number five is the the worst of the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it needs to be all around great, but for whatever reason, it doesn't live in my soul quite as much as the higher up numbers, right? And this is going to be a real short mm-hmm. discussion because it's Chrono Trigger. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, for for me, Chrono Trigger is one of the greats of JRPG. It really is. Yeah. Any top ten list of JRPGs that does not include Chrono Trigger is highly suspect for all the reasons we already talked about so we're not going to go into them again but uh it is a lot higher on my list because i feel like in something has to displace it Uh it it can't just lose its position in a top five over time there has to be a reason yeah yeah for me at least why it's not in the top five and i did not have a reason for it not to be in my top five so what is your number five? Good choice. Yeah, we're on my top five now. So again, this is still just kind of in chronological order, but it's the top five. So kind of everything you just said. So again, we didn't plan this. This wasn't planned. 
whatsoever. No, we had we. Um, I propose. I said we're gonna film our top eleven, and that's pretty much all we talked about. Yeah. It. Uh, we both said we've been working on it. I have no idea what he put on his list or what his criteria were, and vice versa. Yeah. So mine is Chrono Cross. <laughs> Chrono Cross was on your top five last time. Though. It was, and it still is. And so we've talked about Chrono Cross before, so we'll keep it shorter this time. Yeah, so I just, I like, the, so the music, it's sure. the first, uh, like I said before, it's the first video game where I really recognize the music and, like, recognize the music as being part of the game because it's just so amazing. I liked that it actually wasn't just a sequel to Chrono Trigger. I liked how daring that was and how convoluted the story was. And I liked the recruitable character aspect of it. And I feel like I had the same uh, journey with Chrono Cross that a lot of people had. Yeah. Which was, I got Chrono Cross, I played it, and my main feeling was, why isn't this a Chrono Trigger sequel? So I was disappointed with yeah. it. Then later, when I was able to play it for itself and not hold it up to a standard I'd built in my head, Chrono Cross is a great game. Yeah. It's a great game as long as you're not expecting it to be something else. Mm -hmm. That's my big thing about Chrono Cross. And I think, I feel like when Chrono Cross came out, it was not well received. It wasn't, it was it not was, acclaimed. It was, well, it was mysterious because it got like tens in Game Informer magazine. But then the chatter online in the online environment of 2000 was just like, why is this not a Chrono Trigger sequel? Exactly. And I feel like that position i feel like my journey with it is the journey most people have had yeah, with it where yeah. now you look back now you play it and you're like oh actually this is real good yeah. like chrono trigger is still great but chrono my, Cross. mine is the anomaly where i just enjoyed it from the beginning all right so we're at my number four and we've talked about this one before so this is going to be brief we've talked about this one multiple times actually but uh, like Dragon Quest XI, it's the representative of its series. Unlike Dragon Quest XI, nostalgia plays a large part in it. It is not necessarily the best game in the series, but it is the one that I care about the most. Mm -hmm. It is the one that lives in my heart, in my soul. Do you know what it is? Hyperdimension Neptunia. It is Final <laughs> Fantasy IV. <laughs> okay. Uh, and we've talked. I'm not. We've talked yeah. in depth about it before. Uh, the characters of Final Fantasy IV will live with me forever. the The story is great. It goes faster than I remember. Mm -hmm. I remember it being more epic in scope. I have zero problem saying that Final Fantasy VI is a better game by every measurable metric than four. Okay. But four is the one. It's the nostalgia power that I talked about sure, before. Sure. That counts when I'm talking about my personal preference. Yeah. Uh, so Final Fantasy IV is for me the best Final Fantasy game. If I had to, if I can only ever play one for the rest of my life, it would be four. That's good anyway. Pick, good pick. Yeah, yeah, we've we've done reviews. We we've have. talked yeah, about we've this. Talked about it. Great game. It came up before on another top five. So, so again, this was not planned. None of this was planned. <laughs> no, but <laughs> but we're just so simpatico. Apparently. apparently. So my so I know I've already talked about Seven Remake. But I don't feel like that was my representation of my favorite Final Fantasy game. It was my representation of the best way to do a remake of a game. Sure. Just and, in general. And there so were no rules. Now so. we're getting to my favorite actual Final Fantasy game. And this was, this was hard. This was really hard. Because I did want to narrow it to just one. So 
Final Fantasy twelve and five had a bloodbath of a duel <laughs> over getting on this list. I'm gonna say five one. It was so it was so close. But eventually one of them finally just like slit the throat of the other one and it was all over, and you're absolutely right. Final Fantasy V won. And it's because you can go back to it time and again with different challenges for yes. yourself. It and is the job system. The I job love system those is job great. systems. And after discovering the Final Fantasy V 4 Job Fiesta online streaming community, it has been it's so much fun just to go back to Final Fantasy V, set those specific challenges of I'm only gonna use these jobs or I'm gonna figure out how to beat this boss with these jobs. There's so much customization in that. It's just, it is the gold standard. I know I said in my Bravely Second mention that it's still like the gold standard of job systems in video games. And uh, yeah, it just, it's just, yeah, it's absolutely my favorite Final Fantasy. It won out over 12. So I feel like we're kind of speeding through these top five because we've addressed them all before. We've addressed them before. They haven't changed that much. This is different. Okay. I played this game on my own. It's not, it wasn't even part of the project yet. It will be one day. I played this game on my own within the last six months. Okay. And instantly, it cemented itself in my top five. Just wha-bam! And so we're going to talk about it a little bit, because it's going to be a while before we get to do a review of it. Okay. Do you know what it is? I have a pretty good guess. It starts with Trails. <laughs> Legend of Hero, Trails of Cold Steel 1. Okay. Russ was... When we were mapping out future reviews, Russ was pushing the Trails series pretty hard, and I had never played it. But there is something, I don't know what it is in me, but whenever somebody gets really enthusiastic about a thing, <laughs> I become less interested in it. And I don't know if it's because I'm worried I won't meet their hype, or because a part of me thinks I must know better. So Russ was pushing the Trails series real hard. Two years ago, we played Trails in the Sky 1 for a review. Yeah. And it was a fine game. It was okay. Um, it did not rock my world. But I knew we were going to be playing all these other ones. And just kind of on a whim, I thought, you know what? I'll get Trails of Cold Steel 1. Just play it for myself. Let me see where this series is going. Yeah. You know, what? What? what's it going to get to? And I was floored. <laughs> The characters are great. I, I love the characters. The story is so good. It has become the answer. A lot of times I will see in the JRPG forums, somebody will ask, I just played Persona, Persona 4G or Persona 5. What can I play next? What is like this? Mm, yeah. And there is no answer to that question until now. Yeah. If you liked Persona 4 or 5, I... You will like Trails of Cold Steel. It, mechanically, there's a lot of, even narratively, there's a lot of similarities in that you're a school student at a military academy. The story is uh, progresses over time on a calendar. Mm -hmm. You go and you have adventures with your fellow classmates. It's, there's a lot of similarity. The combat system is great. The, the characters, I, I really enjoy. And Russ and I, are able to sit back and talk about, oh, I like this character, I like this about this character, I don't like this about that character. Uh, I picked people in my party that he never used. Yes. So we had totally There's different experiences. a boy named Machias in this game that I've heard about, I never spoken to. Machias starts out as a jerk, but as you get to know him, he, he even he's like, please don't remind me of what I used to be like. <laughs> oh my god. 
Um, I picked him because he has a ranged area of attack effect, which allows different combat strategies, but I started to like him. I also, I love having Laura on my team. Mm -hmm. And there's enough customization that I was able to turn Laura into a one-hit wonder. Laura, my build of Laura would only get maybe two turns in a battle yeah. because she, she had such a long wait between turns, but her first hit would hit for like three times the normal damage. Yeah. Laura one-hit killed bosses <laughs> through <laughs> Trails of Cold Steel 2 especially until the final three bosses, every boss, Laura just one-hit killed. Those were my boss fights. Yeah. Hey, Laura, bust out that S-break. <laughs> It was so... Because enemies were like, I will teach you a lesson. Laura just goes, boop, and they are dead. <laughs> um, it was really fun for me to build a character like that. But the character interactions are great. Um, the Trail series as a whole has a thing where you can carry over your saved game. There are perks. If you reach a certain level or a certain ranking, you get items. But it also keeps track of uh, quests that you yeah. did or didn't complete. And characters that you talk to, NPCs that you talk to, will remember whether or not you did the mission for yeah. them. I did not think that a game could just instantly bust into my top five. <laughs> but Trails of Cold it's Steel good, 1... It's a good uh, entry to bust in. And it instantly made me want to go back. I am currently working on a playthrough of the entire Trails series. I have three games left. I played Cold Steel 1 and 2, which you can do. It's a complete story. You can do it without playing any previous games, and all you'll be missing out on is the feeling of, oh, that guy. Yeah. Um, it's fine. You can do 1 and 2. By the end of 2, you'll start having some questions as to what's going on in other parts of the world. So then I went back and I played Trails in the Sky 2 and 3, and then there's a duology that was never translated officially, the Crossbell duology, which is Trails... Two zero trails from Azure. I might have my two and froms mixed up. Yeah, something like that. And then there are two more Cold Steel three and four, <laughs> which are like the Aven the Avengers Endgame of the series, yeah, where right. all the storylines and characters come together. So my advice: go play Trails of Cold Steel one and two. If you love them as much as I did, then go back and play the story from the beginning, or watch recap videos before you do three and four. Yeah. I yeah I I'm a huge fan for this game now. I am playing through it all, but I'm also worried about burning out because these are long games. They're very long. So I've been playing a a non JRPG in between each game, which makes the process of playing through them longer. But it is avoiding the burnout. Anyway, Trails of Cold Steel One is my number yeah, three it's game. Very good. It's a very good choice. I enjoy your choice. All right, so my number three. This has changed. This has changed. For, this this replaced a game from my top five the last time we did this. And again, it was a very difficult back and forth. It was kind of like the Final Fantasy XII, Final Fantasy V back and forth. But I, I eventually settled here. And my number three is Persona 5. Okay. And it beat Persona 4. And here's the reason why. The Persona 4 storyline is about all of these kids who are being tormented by their shadow selves because there's some part of them that they can't reconcile with. Whether it's Chie's lesbian energy <laughs> or it's Yukiko's, you know, I'm a snowflake and I'm just going to melt away or... 
kanjis, my interests don't match my sexuality, or whatever it is. It's all of these kids dealing with their shadow selves, with a part of themselves that they don't like. And the resolution to it at the end, so this is still a good game, but the resolution to it at the end for all of those kids is just to conform to whatever society wanted them to be. Like, kanji, That's not what I got like, from it. Like, kanji... Because if you, like, in Persona 4 Golden, when you get that bonus ending where it's, like, a year later and they're all out of high school and blah, 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 Kanji has, like, stopped dyeing his hair and he wears glasses and he's gone back to being this kind of, like, shy nerd or whatever. And, like, Chie looks a little more feminine and Yukiko just goes back and works at the inn. I mean, Yukiko's entire social link is about her, like, leaving the town and she's going to be an interior designer and she's going to learn how to cook for herself and blah, blah, blah. And then the end of it is like, oh, I understand I really am important to my family, so I'm just going to say at the end. And I can, and then, like, Rise is all about she's tired of being a pop star. And then her story is all about going back to being a pop star. And it's going back to being a pop star. So that's where everybody's story ends up in Persona 4. In Persona 5, they don't get those little pat endings. So all of your confidant links that you have in Persona 5, your playable characters and just your, like, people you meet around town are all outcasts of society in some way. Like, to some degree, they are all outcasts of... Well, yeah, sure, one of them's a successful model. That's always an outcast. But she is, because she is... She's not fully Japanese, which is a big deal in Japan. She has the blonde hair, she has the blue eyes, because she's like a quarter American. One of them is super rich, so that's an outcast. (laughs) They're all outcasts. She's... One of them's a talking cat. Haru is not fulfilling her role as the dutiful daughter of the big company. They're all outcasts of society in some way. And there are no pat resolutions for any of those characters. And think about, like, the doctor. The doctor that gets dismissed from the hospital because she's trying to actually be a good doctor. She's trying to save this kid, but she's not following hospital protocol. Or the teacher who is, like, being blackmailed by this family of these kids of this kid that killed himself and they think it's her fault because she wasn't able to provide good counseling to him. It's just, it's crazy. Plus she has nice legs. She has nice legs. But it's like, it's a Japanese game that tackles things that are like wrong, like backwards about Japanese society and shows how like these people are outcasts because of that society that they don't totally fit into. And I love that story and that message because I'm kind of an outcast of society myself. <gasps> and I just I, I just like that. So Persona 5 beat out Persona 4 because I find it a little easier to swallow than the everything has kind of a pat resolution and we're all a bunch of 16-year-olds and through the power of love and justice, we're just going to fix everything about ourselves and about our lives. I'm just going to hit this button here and reveal to Russ what my number two is. I'm just going to go ahead and... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) My number two is Persona 4 Golden. Um, I've told the story before, and I know when we get to review time, I will tell the story again about how Russ and Rachel really just, like, peer pressured me into playing three and four. But four resonates with me. I... I'm not saying your assessment is wrong. It just didn't hit me the same way. Yeah, yeah. Because the main point of four is about learning to accept all of yourself. Yeah. And that is such a deep and powerful message that it's easy to say, but 
hard. It's life changing to understand. Mm-hmm. Five is the superior game by every technical metric. They it, five is an amazing game, incredibly stylish. But the characters of five don't stick with me as much as the characters of four did. Uh, I like there them. Haven't been yet twenty five sequels. <laughs> I like the characters of five, but. The characters of four, I feel like I could just be friends with right now. Like, I could just go hang out with them. They feel very real, and part of that is because seeing that inner struggle that they all have. Uh, Persona 4G was on my top five list last time, so I'm not going to go into too much more detail. But uh, the nostalgia power is what helps this beat Persona 5 for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Persona 5 is great. Persona 4G is my ultimate Persona game. Anyway, fair enough. Your number two. My number two is... We're almost done, because number one's going to be real fast. Yeah. Uh, my number two is a series that series that we've already visited in this list. Um, and I had a different pick for this until just recently, because this is a game in the series that I just played within the past few months. But it really took over. It really took a hold on me. I know that feeling. So last time, I believe the Trails game that I included in my list was Trails in the Sky 2 just because I hadn't played as many Trails games as I have played at this point. Originally, this entry was going to be Trails of Cold Steel 2, but has become Trails of Zero. I am okay with that. That makes sense. And Trails of Zero, so like like we said earlier, Trails of Zero... It's either from or to Zero, but... From or to something. The one... Zero no Kisaki. That's the Japanese Yeah, thing. And no can mean lots of different things. In my playthrough, I just beat that one. I have just yeah. started Trails Tour from Azure, which is its yeah. sequel. And that's that's my kind of asterisk here, is when I play Azure, that might be, be, become my favorite, because I typically like the number two better than the number one, typically, in a Trails game. But anyway, I haven't beaten that one yet, so I don't know. Um, does not have an official English translation, but you can legally buy the game, and then there's a Geofront. Highly recommend. English language patch. The one for Azure just hasn't come out yet, so I'm waiting for that. But I did play Trails of Zero, and the char- the the group dynamic, I don't think this game has a favorite... My favorite character in the Trail series, my favorite individual character I don't think is in this game... But the group dynamic of the special support section of Lloyd and Tio and Ellie and Randy is like my favorite group in this entire series. Yeah. And then as it extends into Kia and everybody else, um, it's just, it's like my favorite group of people in that special support section. I also really like how it tells a very compelling story that is contained in such a small environment because it takes place in the independent state of Crossbell, which is basically a city called Crossbell City. And some surrounding area. And a surrounding area. There's a little mining village. There's a little village where they make honey. There's a forest. But it's a, a hospital. It's a, a hospital. There's a very small area, which makes it, I think, more reliant on the story itself and the characters because it's not constantly taking you to new places to wow you. It's just like expecting that you're going to be invested enough in this story and these people to keep going. Trails to or from Zero is great. Um, if I didn't love Cold Steel as much as I did, yeah. it, it, it'd be the runner-up. It's definitely better than all the Trails in the Sky games. And the Trails in the Sky games, well, I got thoughts on three, but the, the first two mm-hmm. are really good. But Trails from 
or to zero <laughs> is great. It's I great. I do not blame you for this at all. And the GeoFront translation is phenomenal too. Oh, it's, it is fantastic. It's more than just a translation. They they give little quality of life tweaks to the game. I mean, it's a it's a it's a it's a spicy script. It's not just it's not a it's not a workman's translation. Well, I'm currently so. playing the other non-GeoFront translated Azure, and I badly wish I was playing in the GeoFront version, <laughs> just because of all the little quality of life improvements they made. It looks more modern. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I've actually taken several steps back in this is your, but I'm gonna power through because I want to get to Cold Steel three and four real bad. Um, all right, so all that's left is our number one, so we're yeah. done essentially. But we but we haven't said it yet. But you we know what at, it is. You wanna go at the same time? Okay, you're three. gonna say Sailor Moon, and it's gonna be. Th- Let's go at the same time. Okay, three, two, one. Earth Hyperdimension Neptunia go. Virtual Pawn Stars. Virtual Pawn Stars? <laughs> <laughs> it's Earthbound. It is Earthbound. It will always be Earthbound. Of course it's Earthbound. There's not really a point in talking about it at this point. We've talked about it before. We will review it. We could drop... It. Honestly... So for the Home on the RNG series... Uh, even if I've played the game before... I have to play through it before we review it. That's kind of a rule for myself play through the whole thing uh i i have failed that once or twice and had to finish watching like a walkthrough online for various technical reasons but earthbound is the one game i feel a hundred percent confident russ and i could do a full deep home on the rng <laughs> analysis breaking it down category by category at the drop of a hat yeah mm-hmm. russ and i do not need to touch earthbound to review it accurately and in depth I, so it actually we have a schedule of games it's rough I mean it can be changed at any time but we've got like we've reviewed maybe 40 games and I've got a list of 245 for us to review and Earthbound ain't on it yet uh, because one day we're going to play a game so horrific that Russ is just going to say <laughs> can we just review Earthbound please yes. so uh, yeah you've heard us talk about Earthbound we're not going to talk about it Earthbound is going to be used to keep me alive at some point it already has because yeah. it gave us each other. That's very true. It is the foundation we upon the which our friendship that we has built. Met yet. Yes. Yes. Anyway, so that's our top eleven. Uh, I'm going to take Let a look here. Let me just say that I was delighted and surprised to not see Final Fantasy Tactics. I did think about it. Okay. Four or five. So uh, six of my top eleven, I had not played when this project started. Good. More than half then, of these yeah. games. Not that we've reviewed though all six of those, but I, you know, because I played Shining Force 2 on my own, Trails of Cold Steel we haven't done a review of yet, blah, blah, blah. In the two or three years we've been doing this, try like half. Try like six years, five years. I don't think it's been that long. Okay, it's been two years. I it think might, Barack it might be Obama was president when we started doing this. <laughs> it might have been, it might be four years. I'd have to go back and look. <laughs> um, anyway. So that was our top 11. Uh, maybe we'll do this again in uh, another four years and see what's different Yay. then. So uh, thank you all for listening. I know this episode was very long. But we appreciate it. We appreciate and it, it. And we it appreciate you. Down. Yeah. Yes. All right. We'll see you guys next time.